The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Oh, man, we are back. We Ryan. are back. It's great to be with you again, Clayton. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, it's th- this is a... I'm glad we're doing this topic because... Um, you know, people are tired out there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing as well, and, and obviously, uh, un- understandably, why they are. Yeah, um, I mean, I ha- I had one ED call me, and and this is an ED that just has great retention rates mm-hmm. and gr- very engaged employees, and he said he had three CNAs that just decided they don't want to be CNAs anymore. They're going to mm-hmm. go into an entirely different field because they're they're so tired and. And uh, you know this whole podcast that I that we're we're doing is is sort of based on I don't know if you've ever seen this article it's it's a Harvard Business Review article mm-hmm. and it caught my attention and I, I shared it with a couple of market leaders and we've chatted about it and it's called how to lead your people who are tired and then sort of in parentheses and you are too <laughs> <laughs> right because that's the other thing right it's yeah. ev- everybody's got to be tired like the them. leader is exhausted and they're right. trying to buoy everybody else up and it's it's so and uh, people sort of say they feel like they've been sprinting mm-hmm. towards a finish line and now somebody's just said uh no wrong finish line <laughs> right like <laughs> right. how long oh, right. are you, how long are you, how long are you willing to sprint Without knowing what the finish line is, right? That, right? that, that makes a ton of sense. And I, um, you know, as, as people put together their different plans for how to get through this, I think Mike Tyson said, uh, "Everyone has a game plan until they get yeah. punched in the face." That's so. just, right. I mean, you think you get in? <laughs> right. Okay, I'm going to do quick jabs, and right. I'm going to do this, and you get in that ring, and then, bam, you get. I mean, I don't know. I've never boxed, but I imagine, you know, I'm now going. Okay, now it's just survival, <laughs> right? Totally. Right. That totally. strategy, and and I and I think what has happened is you have a bunch of people that are were really fired up mm-hmm. and now they're going what what happened to my resolve yeah. like i'm tired yeah it's been going on a long time now yeah w- what do you think um given all that the hardest thing is about leading right now would you say yeah and again i you know this isn't uh what what I share today, I, I want to make sure people understand these these aren't Clay's great ideas. I mean, I mm-hmm. really got into this study and wanted to understand uh, what what do really smart people say the, the solutions are, <laughs> right. and, and not stupid Clay. And but but a lot of it makes sense. I, I think the first wave of COVID, when and, and I I think people listening will will mm-hmm. agree with this. It sort of felt like the beginning of a boxing match following your Mike Tyson theme. Like it was all about pumping yourselves up and you've mm-hmm. got your headphones on and okay, we can do this. Right. We're the the uncertainty of everything made us alert. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pull up our pants and and you know, buckle up and get ready. And we kind of had that psychological emergency response, right? The adrenaline. Right. 
fighting spirit right. pulling together. I'm watching commercials that say nurses and CNAs and housekeepers, they're heroes. We've got this. Let's go. Everybody's <laughs> right. fired up, right? Right. And then we sort of felt like we had tackled it, and then a new wave comes, and this new wave is different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the adrenaline is gone. The commercials are gone. The right. fans are gone. Um, now now it's turning to li- what I would consider psychological stamina mm-hmm. or resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those two things, stamina and resilience, they're needed because – this second wave is not exciting. <laughs> yeah, maybe exciting's a bad word, but but it's not as exciting as the first to go wave battle. was. No, that that makes sense. I, I like the term psychological stamina. I think yeah. that really applies. What what do you really do to help strengthen yourself mentally? So, you know, and you say you, and I I, I want to be really generically you. The what Harvard is, what? <laughs> Business Review <laughs> right, study right. says right because right? I I you know what does Clay do? Clay sometimes cowers in the corner, gets in the fetal position, and starts hey, that's crying. A, that sounds right? like what I do. Uh, yeah, I think. More people can probably commiserate with that. But but this study says it's really important to do this, mm-hmm. to identify your biggest challenge or your biggest opportunity over the next year. Like what is – get agency out or get census up or turnover down and then tap into your psychological stamina that you and your team needs to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, so all right, so that's the big idea. Like, what's the big goal that we have? And then how do we get there? How do we tap into how we get there? Right. And so they, they break this down into three pieces. And this is basically what the, what the podcast will be about today. Um, these, these three important steps. Number one, understanding the difference between urgency and importance. And okay. we'll, we'll talk about that first, but, okay. but I'll mention the other two. So number two, balancing compassion and containment. And by the way, I had to dig into, I, you know, what, what do they mean by containment? Mm-hmm. And then three, finding new ways to energize yourself and others. So these, these three things are sort of the key. How do we get through this second wave and really employ this psychological stamina? Okay, let's, that, that sounds great. If you don't mind, let's jump into the first one then and, and, and talk through. What, what do you think um, – the you know help me I guess understand the difference between urgency and importance. Really, what do you yeah. think? What do you think the the study meant? <laughs> yeah, have you seen like those those squares? I think uh, uh, um, Stephen Covey used to have these. You'd you'd have box one, box two, box three, box four, and mm-hmm. urgency and importance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and you you want to get to that point where you're not always responding urgently, but you're really focused on what's important. But here's the thing: our natural response to crisis is let's just focus on the urgent things right right, right. this is we we we've got to put some of these other things to the side these were great little projects but now covid is hit and so we've we've got to set them aside but here's the problem once we fix the urgent it's not like we go to the important things we say I need to rest. <laughs> right. I've been dealing with the urgent, right? So, right. so now I deserve a rest. And, and we've got to be cautious. You've got to look at the things that, that you as a team are saying, you know, uh, when COVID-19 is over, then we'll address this problem. Mm-hmm. We've got to look at those things and say, wait a second. Which one should we – this is the 20-mile march, right? The book Great by Choice and Amundsen and Scott and Amundsen succeeded and his whole thing was no matter the weather, we're going to march about 20 miles every day. Mm-hmm. Whereas Scott would march, you know, 30 miles, but then if the weather was bad, would, would hunker, hunker down. down. Right. And that inactivity is what ended up killing them. 
So so putting things on hold until the storm passes is not the right way to respond, according to this Harvard study. So so you're you're saying that the study really was was showing and, and stating that just resting and kind of taking it easy <laughs> at work until the response is needed to combat this. Yeah, like, I mean, sometimes we sort of feel like that's what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like we've just got to make everybody as comfortable as mm-hmm. possible. And and let me start by saying this. It is important to have fun at work. Right. And and rest outside of work is super important. <laughs> For sure. Right? For like sure. especially, gosh, you you directors of nurses that are listening, you have got to to find this this life balance, right? Because mm-hmm. to to have you work so hard and burn out, that doesn't help anybody. And, and that's really important outside the workday. But here's the thing. This is the thing that's really interesting from this Harvard study. Inactivity during the workday can really backfire. Wow, really? So that if we're coddling, and so mm-hmm. here's here's a couple studies that they cite. In, in military units, they discovered that boredom and waiting time are perceived as more stressful than actual combat. That's crazy. It's more stressful. I can understand it being stressful, but that's, that anxiety. That's a, yeah, like I'm that's not crazy, doing right. anything. I'm not. I'm not progressing. Right. I'm not accomplishing things. And and I mean, think about. Think about uh, we've talked about this too in in a um, in a marathon. Again, I've never run a marathon. I have no plans on running a marathon. <laughs> but but in a marathon, a lot of marathon runners hit a wall, usually mm-hmm. at mile twenty twenty one, and they they just shut down. They feel like I can't go anymore. And so what do what do doctors say you should do to get over that wall? They say focus on the things that you can control: mm-hmm. your form, your hands. You can't control the weather. You can't control how tired you feel right now. Right. So just focus on these small things, and that's how you get over a wall. But you've got to focus on something and and accomplish something. So there's there's a, that makes sense. a a study that's called the challenges of a disengaged mind. This study was really interesting to me. Researchers found that when people were ordered to sit in a room and do nothing, this is so funny to me. They chose to give themselves electric shocks rather than pass the time in silence. Like shocking themselves. They're like, I am so bored. I'd rather shock myself. That's a great study. Because people prefer to do something rather than nothing. That is really Even if that's something is harmful and right, unproductive. Right. That's really fascinating. They're like, like yeah. I'd rather just shock myself. And so as a leader, we've got to make sure that that's not happening, that right. there is a goal right. set right. and that we have a plan out to achieve that goal because that's what buoys us. There, there's even a study that or, or this Harvard study quotes a high-ranking uh, NATO officer and he says this. He says, it is better to act and make a decision than not to act. In other words, the consequences are often greater if you decide not to act than if you do act. Sun Tzu says something almost exactly like that in his Art of War, that that, that indecision is way more yeah, harmful. Analysis than, paralysis right, or whatever we call it, that stresses us. But he says a willingness to take risks is a precondition for being able to act under pressure or in demanding situations. So the, the counter is not to rest. It's we've got to go do something. 
let's go accomplish something. Yeah, that that makes a ton ton of sense. So really, the, the point um, of the study then is is really to say that one of the best ways to combat stress um, brought on by the time is really not to rest and make life yeah, easier. At, which we, at, at which work, is what right? we think it is. <laughs> but it's to, yeah. to really kind of set achievable, tangible goals and and help the team hit them. Yeah, set goals for the future. Put a plan in action to achieve them. Because now you've got your team going. Okay, yeah, like now I have a reason to go to work Mm because I want to achieve, I want to get out of agency or I want to be able to get our customer feedback scores or our call light response times down or we can't hunker down like Scott. We've got to set a goal and set out to accomplish it. And, And I think, you know, consider asking your teams hard questions like, are we really doing all that we could do to emerge from this crisis mm-hmm. or have success or or even are we ready for the growth that is about to follow mm-hmm. this crisis like a lot of good things are going to happen after as we get through this are we ready for that growth or is it going to smack us in the face no that's that's I, I think those are all, all great points thank you so that was that was really the the first one of the yeah. three steps for sh- helping to strengthen yourself mentally uh, I, I think the second one um, you were mentioning was talking something about balancing compassion and containment and yeah. you said I was curious to hear certainly more about what containment means and yeah. you could dive so, into that a bit so That'd be great. in order to in order for your employees to do something they need to be motivated to mm-hmm. do something right so, so what this study says is it recommends start with compassion, but don't forget containment. And, and let me explain first compassion. Let's okay. talk about compassion because okay. this is obviously an important part of this, being compassionate with your people. Um, and then we'll get into the more complicated piece of, of containment. But okay. look, your people, they're feeling depression, uh, loneliness, anxiety from isolation, mm-hmm. Uh, they have health concerns, they, their job insecurity, heavy workloads, priorities that are constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. There's It, it, it cites a study uh, conducted by Mercer that found that the, the majority of the 270 insurance companies surveyed now rate mental health as much as a risk as smoking. Wow. I mean, that's, that's how, that's like, this is how seriously yeah. we, you know, we see somebody smoking, we always, ah, it's not good for your health, <laughs> right, right. right? But the mental health, do we should have that same amount of concern. Right. So on the compassion side, we've got to take our team's mental health seriously. Uh, you know, we talked about this with, with directors of nursing and, and other, insist on taking days off. Mm-hmm. In, we've got to quick connect with each other. This is the... You know, if you go back to the um, podcast on on Customer Second, there's a three-part podcast, and one of them is five conversations. The second conversation is the quick connect. We've got to be out on that floor or in our operations asking how their son's soccer game went mm-hmm. or asking mm-hmm. how their spouse's sickness is, asking, just connecting with them on a human level and then listening to them. And be willing to listen to them and their fears and their doubts. Yeah. Um, sometimes we think, oh, I don't have time for that. Right. We don't have time <laughs> not to, right? We This has to become a priority. And, and on that same vein, consider as a leader being willing to share with them your own fears. See, see, you think it's your job as a leader. It's going to be okay. Everything's right. going to be fine. And I've got this and follow me and... Right. 
and and look, I think it's really important for a leader to be willing to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rather than I know everything's going to be okay and just it's there's a big difference in leaders who express their insecurities because because I think what you're doing is you're demonstrating that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and they need to be vulnerable for their mental health. Again, don't fake vulnerability. <laughs> right. I'm not I'm not, you know, right. don't don't say I I am just I'm like you. If you're confident, share your confidence. Sure. But but it's it's not always about you putting on a brave front and trying to convince everyone that it's going to be okay. But if that's how you feel, don't hide that either. <laughs> right. right. Does that make right. sense? Totally. I, totally. I feel Just, like I'm speaking out of both. So so part of compassion really is reaffirming to your people that that they're good mm-hmm. um, and they're safe with you. And, and and this is sort of, you know, leadership and self-deception, but and that their worth is not just a function of their actions or their job mm-hmm. or their results, mm-hmm. but who they are. Like, boy, you're just a good person. I I really like this about you. So so as a leader, we on the compassion side, we can't just talk about getting things done in in your conversations with your teams. You've got to recognize who they are and use specific examples of their of their contributions and human qualities and and what that does is that reduces their anxiety. Mm-hmm. It reduces their second guessing of what you think about them. If you're constantly telling them the great things that you think about <laughs> right, them, right. anxiety, you know, dissipates drop, yeah. it, it it drops. So Make sure they know that they're appreciated as people, not not as CNAs. Mm-hmm. Like, here's how you know. CNA calls off. Do you think, oh, I've got a hole to fill or I hope they're okay? Right, right. That's a great self-question. Learn a great to appreciate right. them as people, not, not as CNAs. Because, you know, people get mad at me for quoting Gallup so much. But one of the Moneyball questions that, that really helps you know if an employee is engaged is, do they appreciate me as a person? Yeah, that- Makes so show them that makes you do. a ton of sense. Yeah. And so that I, I think that was super helpful explaining the compassion side. What what does that really have to do with the other one, containment? Yeah, containment, I you know, containment probably isn't the word I would have picked. It's mm-hmm. the word that the study uses, so I'm I'm using that. But um it's not just about being compassionate, right? And and being there and caught, you know, suffering with them and listening and You've got to balance that with what they call containment. Now, containment, and this this is a quote. If you can see me right now, I'll do air quotes. He's doing air quotes. I the, can confirm that. <laughs> the ability to observe and absorb what is going on around you, but to provide a sense of stability. So, so what I mean by that is it, it's important to realize that this stability comes from we've got to set limits. We've got to raise the bar. We've got to kind of maintain a pressure at the optimal level, because that sort of helps us snap out of, of self-pity and moody. If it's all compassion mm-hmm. and, hey, mm-hmm. let me talk to me right. and hear me, but you're not setting goals. We go back to that inactivity right. Right. where we'd rather just sit around in a room and shock right. ourselves, right? right? <laughs> I can't believe that. It is. So, so too much, you know, air quotes, caring mm-hmm. and compassion can drive people towards, and if you've ever heard this phrase, I can't remember which book I read this in, but it's learned helplessness. We, the learned help. Have you ever yeah, heard that's a of that great term? phrase. Yeah, that's a great phrase. That's that's 
sort of the the person that believes they can't mm-hmm. perform without help and support from others. I'm sometimes diminishing others when I'm, you know, they have their standing appointment with me where they can't do this and I'm mm-hmm. buoy them up mm-hmm. and, and they love me for it, but I'm sort of creating a learned you're, helplessness. You're, right, you're just helping them right? that, yeah. And so, so learned helplessness comes when we feel that we face like uncontrollable and inescapable stress. We simply stop trying to respond to dangers and, and we passively accept whatever. We're, we're victims. Yeah. Right? That's what learned. Oh, I can't, I can't, can't succeed because yep. of this and the labor market is that. And, the, and again, all of those things are real, real. and true right. and brutal facts. Right. But if you think that you can't succeed because of them. So, so this can't be about pampering. It's about using your connection that comes from the compassion to then catch a second wind with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we go back to this boxers, I mean, this is your fault. You started with the Mike Tyson <laughs> thing, right? Everyone I apologize. Has a plan I apologize. They're punched in the mouth. But when boxers talk about a second wind, they usually say that usually comes from defiance, hmm. from from anger, from hmm. fear, from from frustrations. Feelings that we usually suppress, mm-hmm. right? But but uh, you know, if if we if you go back and listen to the podcast on EQ, that says, look, we really need to harness those emotions and mm-hmm. use those emotions. I love the story of Buster Douglas. I'm not a big boxer fan, despite how much we're talking about it today. <laughs> but but the greatest upset in sports history, according to the betting rings and according to a survey that I saw, number two is, is uh, the miracle on ice when the United States beat Russia in mm-hmm. hockey. But number one is Buster Douglas knocking out Mike I Tyson. I remember that match to my day. And I'm not a big boxing it's, watcher I, but either. But he shouldn't I, have won. Yeah. And... He got knocked down by Mike Tyson. Nobody had ever gotten back up after being knocked down by Mike Tyson. And the question, well, how did Buster Douglas get up and not only survive, but actually win that bout? Mm -hmm. Buster Douglas tells the story. I didn't know the story. He tells the story. His mom was telling everybody that her son was going to beat Mike Tyson. (laughs) That's rad. And she died two days before the fight, two or three days before the fight. Mm -hmm. And he said, my mom promised everybody. <laughs> like his bell had been right. rung. <laughs> right. He needed something else to get him to stand up and right. get through that fight right. and eventually win the fight. He had to harness his why. Yeah. And that's really, I think, what this is saying is this this next wave, our why really needs to be put in check. Why am I willing to put up with this industry? Right. Why am I willing to do these things? And and hopefully your why is solid enough to get you through. No, that's awesome. So really, this isn't about lowering the temperature and and allowing everyone yeah. to relax because Which I'm I doing sort of air quotes now. The Times are be. hard, but yeah, like right. I got to coddle them right. and put right. my arms around you. Right. But but no, that's not um, you know that's not what this study discovered. It, it what they say is sometimes it's good to turn up the heat and go into fight mode. Hmm. This is what our response needs. How do we better prepare? How do we become the employee? Now, you know what? Now I'm going to become obsessed with becoming the employer of choice. Right, right. Right? Or or how do I make the nursing shortage everyone else's problem? Yes, it's there. (laughs) Right. I'm going to make everybody else fight for the leftovers because I'm going to be the most amazing employer and everybody's going to want to work with me. This is a key time to do something rather than just letting go. Right? I mean, it's nice to relax and have Mm -hmm. fun, but and every once in a while, that's good. I'm not saying don't do that. Right. Please, please <laughs> right. understand me. I'm getting closer to the microphone for that. You can have fun and relax and and do those things. 
But not every time things get hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's when you need to say, okay, we're going to push for this win. Right? So, yes, compassion, but it also calls for a little more edge and collective defiance. Get mad at the injustice of this virus (laughs) and what it's done to your job. (laughs) And, And you want people to say enough is enough. Like we're we're not going to accept this status quo anymore. It, it's look this balance between compassion and containment is a lot like a parent, right? It's mm-hmm. it's that balance between caring and challenging the child, mm-hmm. right? My child goes through something, I do coddle, I have compassion, but mm-hmm. then I say, you've got to rise up from this. Yeah, I don't go solve all their problems for them. I'm not going to go, you know, hurt little Joey that hurt, <laughs> you know, little Ethan, or I, I, it's, it's a balance between compassion and containment between, between you are good enough as you are. Right. And okay, but get moving and let's get to the next level. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's, uh, that's fascinating. I, I really was, as we started talking about this, really thinking that the response would be a lot more on the compassion yeah, side. Yeah. Um, Which is good. I, I, no, Maybe it is, but yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> but I am, you know, I'm, I'm really seeing that, that, you know, importance as, as you're talking through it of, of that action to really get our teams, you know, out of the, the what's got to be a, a rut at this point yeah. they've gotten into and in dealing with this yeah. virus. Um, so the last thing you really mentioned was, was creating, um, creating that energy um, really every day with, with your teams. And, and that, that does make sense. But again, maybe right. you could just talk a bit about how you would do that. And I, I man, you leaders listening, I, I, I hope you know how much I admire you and, and leaders that I just see that have been strengths are, are being vulnerable with me and saying, man, it's hard. It's hard right now. Yeah. I'm tired. And, and, and it's hard, it's hard to bring others' energy because you are tired, right? Getting your own mind right is is difficult and, right. and possibly right. the most difficult part at all of all of this. You know, because this whole idea of sustaining energy in yourself and your team, the question is, well, like, for how long? Right. <laughs> right? right? I mean, you remember remember these uh, the yeah. triathlon videos I've shown I've shown them in annual meetings and in other trainings, but triathletes who have won the Ironman triathlons before there, there's two women that are coming in and they're battling for fourth and fifth place and they are just falling no, I all remember over. this video it's just, and it's just so awkward and yeah. painful to watch and you're seeing them imagine now somebody takes the finish line and says sorry it's three more miles that way right you're just like no I, it's a good analogy and, and that's, that's a great analogy feel. it's a great analogy uh, so so you know because we're not sure where the finish line is mm-hmm. we we can't really rely on urgency right. anymore, right. right? This the the language of we've got to pull together, we've got to get through this. This this doesn't work anymore. The appetite is now for for specific and actionable communication. Hmm. We are going to get to this turnover level. Hmm. We are going to get to this census. Like we've got to set a goal and get there. And, and you know, the, the key is to get the energy flowing mm-hmm. and then never accept that meetings or other interactions become stale or mm-hmm. boring. Like, I'm going to bring my egg into <laughs> right, this meeting, right? right? L- Lego, the Lego group has defined the goal. And this, this is the Lego's group goal. Energize everyone every day. And that's their central leadership principle. 
right? It's a good, so it's a good goal. <laughs> so you think about your meetings. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about culture. Mm-hmm. We're gonna share videos. We're gonna laugh. Yeah. We're gonna share victories. We're gonna highlight people. Shine a light on great things that are happening. We're gonna set up competitions. Right. People are gonna come to these things knowing we're about to get stuff done. <laughs> right. 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 And we're gonna communicate. And the meetings aren't gonna be endless. We're gonna keep them brief and to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have good constructive conflict um, and, and give honest feedback. And, and uh, you know, I just mentioned a bunch of things. Right. The study says how you do it matters much less. That you do it matters immensely. <laughs> You've got to bring this energy and have intent mm-hmm. and and purpose in your meetings. So, so this really goes um so this really goes back to switching from running on adrenaline like right. like has Which isn't going to work anymore so to really harnessing, you know, your true resiliency. And so w- what does it mean to you when a person is resilient? Yeah, uh, the, the the focus on this difference between adrenaline and mm-hmm. resiliency, right? The adrenaline's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it burned out. Now, well, you know, you picture that boxer again that's just there fired up now they've been punched. Now it's like, okay, now I got to survive. Right. Um, resilient people, they they see setbacks as temporary. They're they're local. They're controllable. They're changeable. Um, resilient people say, I can do something. I can adapt. Right. This mm-hmm. change, this brutal fact happened, mm-hmm. but I can adapt. A resilient leader enables people to act, right? They Resilient people are more willing to make decisions because they believe they have a real impact on their situation and they're, they're not afraid to influence it, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we're people that think it's permanent, there's nothing I can do about it, then we have little power to act. We become right. victims. Right. Uh, learned helplessness, right? right? Exactly. It leaves you paralyzed and your thoughts start to spin out of control. And, but resilience is the most important trait to get through chaos. So, so the key is, as a leader, learning to manage your own mind, to take charge of your destiny. I, I, I sent out an email uh, last night, and it was I was highlighting Seacliff and how they've had some great success uh, and, and things that John Money has done out there in, in getting out of agency after having the highest agency usage, mm-hmm. usage. And another leader sent me an email just to me and said, you know, John really epitomizes what Jocko Willink says, that excuses equal lies. Like excuses aren't real. We we <laughs> we cool. we've got to we've got to confront them. But if we're using them to validate why we're not succeeding, mm-hmm. so so a resilient person again takes charge of their own destiny. They're not victims. They don't have excuses. They have brutal facts that they know that they can overcome. And and really, what you have to do as a as a as a resilient leader is find that mental strength for the last mile. Uh, thank, thank you, Clay. This has been great to really help have you talk through the study, and and uh, hopefully, hopefully it helps. I know there's certainly a, a lot that I've heard in here that's that's going to help me, and I, I know there's a lot of yeah. A lot hopefully, of tired folks we can pick a piece of it and say, I can work on that. Right. I can do right. this. Focus on these little fundamentals that you can do because your teams need you now more than ever, and and that's what we need to that's what we need to focus on as leaders. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. 